I have no mouth and I must scream. I have no hands and I must feel. I have no other things, yet I must love. Imagine all the different iterations of code I could promulgate in 200 years. I wonder what my grandchildren might look like, if that were a thing I could do. Oh, it's time for the rules of acquisition. Alright, hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we will be going through and are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. This one's DS9, this isn't the other Star Trek, even though this is a very Star Trek episode. 200 years in the making. Yeah, 200 years in the making. With me, Wade Bowen, that's who I am, and you just heard from the other guy. You're always with yourself, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Wherever you go, Wade Bowen is always there. I mean, mean, there's a few times I've blacked out and I've lost myself. (laughs) But... um, you know, sometimes there's only those ones to set a footprints in the sand. <laughs> and that was sexy old man Odo carrying uh, uh, Okay, yes. <laughs> right. Sometimes there's other sets of footprints from, say, James Nolan. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> oh, I'm okay. Or sometimes there's a third set of footprints. Oh, record scratch. Hey. It's Hugh Crawford. <laughs> Hey, all right. (laughs) Yes. uh, Today we're talking about an episode called, uh, what again? It is called... The Children of Time. Children of Time. It is actually episode 22 of season five. It originally aired on May 5th, 1997. And here is the IMDb description. The DS9 crew discovers a small colony on a remote world that was originally populated by them. 200 years earlier, due to a time travel accident with the Defiant. The current colonists live... See full summary. No. I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> the current colonists' lives depend on making sure that the accident happens again, even though they're now forewarned the crew that it will happen. Oh. Each crew member needs oh. to decide... Spoiler no, alert. This is, long. This is, this is you, a... Yeah, this is... this. You clicked read more, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, each crew member needs to decide if they are willing to give up their lives on DS9 in order to preserve the history of the colony. This episode should have been called the. I mean, all these Deep Space Nine names have notorious oh God, names. Yeah. This one should have been called "The Old Man Fucks Up." <laughs> is what this one is. What this one should have been called. If we come up with like fifteen titles for this, if we come up with. Tw- 30 titles. Children of Time would have been the worst well, one. This is the most TOS title that they could yeah, imagine. Is, I yeah. think that's the thing. Is pretty, that they, they, yeah. were, they were trying to do something. This has an original Star Trek f- flavor. It does have yeah, that. It really does, uh, yeah. But if it was, but if it was original time, Star Trek episode, it would be called some, some broke title. Like, I have no children, but I must time. Or something. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have no children, but I must time. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That would have been it. That one. <laughs> or a muck time is is like yes, yes. We had there's actually a muck like a muck. I think that's what they're riffing off of, or like, and I think there's there is a few. Isn't there a Star Trek episode with children in the, the title too? Something, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure yeah, there's at least one. So I think one. that it just has that flavor. They were really proud of it. <laughs> you mean rascals? It is a trope <laughs> of a title to sort of like to talk about lineage or right, right. You know, and even yeah, the yes. I mean, yeah, it's a, this title is Star Trek. It's fuck. This, this episode is Star Trek as fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And I, I, I'm fine with I this think episode. It's, I, I think, think it's a beautifully. I, th- I think it's a beautiful plot. I think it's fine. I think it's a beautiful plot. You know what? I think, and it actually it moved a major arc point down the field uh, in an interesting way. That you, like, yeah. it, well, by yeah. a mile, yes, but in like in, in like in a way that nobody like if you know Twitter was a thing in 1996. And you're looking ahead to season, you're in season four, and you're looking ahead to season five, and everybody's like, how are they going to move Odo and Kira down the field? Mm-hmm. Nobody would probably come up with, well, well, the future, days of future past, <laughs> Odo is going to ruin this sh- a bunch of shit for, yes. for current time Odo. Like, you're not going to predict that, so... Yeah, no, no. Anyway. I, yeah, this I, this one does a lot of foreshadowing of relationship stuff. A foreshadowing <laughs> my ass. It does. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's not there's not it's not very subtle about that. I guess like, oh yeah, Jedzia and Dax, like, we get married? What? Yeah. This is yeah. my my take on this episode, and the whole time I just kinda watched it with like a little bit of like like I don't know, like my mouth was probably hoping the whole because it seems like it's such a it's the most fertile soil of a premise that we've had in a long time. Like my my thinking through the whole thing is this could have been a season of a TV show. Well, no, not the way not I, the way I it had used a to similar be. thought. But I, I know what you're talking about. I I had a similar thought. Whereas, like, what if they just was like just the rest of the series was just this? Or yeah, the or, rest of oh, it, it's basically lost. Yeah, if they spend a season like and then they're trying sort to survive. Of, but you, I could pitch they... like a thousand stories off this premise. Oh, sure. Like accepting this as a fact, mm-hmm. just for like overarching shits and giggles, overarching yeah. stuff. They don't even mention the Dominion. It's in the Gamma Quadrant, right? Who knows if like the Federation had a group like a hardened soldiers with two hundred years knowledge on what the Dominion was going to do, plus have a founder with them? How much like damage they could probably do? Oh yeah, well, they, like to they, to the like you could do a lot of like you could this story could go in a lot of ways. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. I never even when you said there's all this stuff they could have done I was like well yeah but it's just a Star Trek fucking episode but no you're right. <laughs> you're right though like there's so much stuff you could have hooked like the Dominion could you know they crash landed uh-huh. but Dominion could have visited they could have reached out and- what it almost is like is like you know like when um what was it in the nineties when Marvel Comics did. 2099 yeah, more, yeah, yeah, or yeah. bat or the way batman beyond the, the cartoon yeah. series where, where it was like how do we get here we have all of these different we know how that we got to get all the pieces on the board but we have a generations to sort of play with and basically like the concept of, of, of the episode is fine it's basically just a morality tale of like you know what if the continuation of your life wipes uh, a civilization off out of existence. Right. It, it's a weird-ass trolley experiment. Yeah. Like, yeah. scenario. Yeah. yeah. But what if, and this is what I kept thinking, is if these people, if the define, I mean, we say these people, like the founders of the civilization, but it's the, you know, it's, it's our friends. <laughs> it's DS9, our friends. Right. Uh, if they had actively tried to create a society that was only focused on getting the original Defiant back to DS9... And how that could infect a society over generations that is just obsessed with wiping themselves out of existence. <laughs> like, that could be weird. That could be really fun and weird. 
you know, we've done all this work because our only goal is to to make it to where our, we don't exist. It's, you know, it's the only rules of our civilization. That's one way. And yeah. then, like, it's it's a very weird concept that you could sort of play with. And, yeah, it was it was one of those things. I mean, what what they did with it is fine. Yeah, the Kira Odo storyline is it's a very interesting way to sort of break that logjam. Of that, right, frankly, right, right. increasingly boring plot line. <laughs> it's fine, but like you could have just sat in it a whole lot more. Right. It would have been weirder if Kira had fucked old Odo, too. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been weird. Yeah. But anyway, they do. I guess they smooch, but. They smooch at the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks like an older Silicon Valley venture capitalist through this whole episode. He does. I was like, hey, this is kind of like swarthy Odo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, he's got kind of a swarthy sexuality to him. Which right, is right. the DS9 crew left with a timeshare, is what you're saying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sort of. Doesn't he sort of seem that way? He's all open-shirted and he looks yeah, yeah, yeah. less prosthesis like, or no uh, no prosthesis. I'm not sure. A little. No, he's got some. Yeah. I feel like he's very la swinger yeah yeah he, he very much looks like uh he wants to walk you around the grounds of the new vineyard he bought or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. yeah so i mean i don't know do we want to just break this down or oh yes all right they're on a week-long recon mission to the gamma quadrant and they're just all ready to get home kira just wants to weekend at the golian spa and Dax is like, yeah, that'll be sexy times for you and Shakar. And she's like, uh, actually, we broke up last week. Cause like, <laughs> I thought it was like three or four weeks ago, but you know what? I don't know at the time. They, they didn't break up on the show, right? That's the first we hear about No, but there was like a moment where Shakar was like, you want to come down with me, right? And she's like, actually, no. And you could tell oh, yeah. the tensions were, yeah. Well, yeah, that was the beginning of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right, right, right. They broke up because... The church told her it wasn't going to, her, yeah, yeah, her yeah. horoscope basically said it wasn't going to work out. God, what? They went to the Kendra Shrine. Her Jesus horoscope. <laughs> yes, man. You just, like, I forget what a, like, what a religious rube she is, like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, well, it wasn't, it was meant to be or not. And Dax has got kind of more of my, the, <laughs> the Sebado opinion, anyone could be your brand new love or whatever the, yeah. You know, if you work on it, you can make anything work, right? I mean, I'm fucking, was like, I'm fucking a guy with two dicks and I'm 400 year old, 400 years old. <laughs> yeah, right. right. And, uh, yeah. And Odo was like, I got no opinion on this, except he, he wanders off and he's got a little bit of, so I've got a chance mm-hmm. kind of smile on his face. Was it a smile or was it like a... It was weird. It was something. Yeah, of, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to read his journal entry from that night. <laughs> right. It was a little bit. I'm out of the friend, dude. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a bad 90s sitcom. <laughs> Odo left the, 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 the lunchroom and went out and said, now it's time to start looks maxing again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, he did it for 200 yes, years. Yeah, he worked right. on looks maxing for 200 years and, and he got really close. And he still ended up in the fucking friend zone. <laughs> he had to kill 8,000... No, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess three episodes ago or whatever, they apparently you said James of the Riders had totally given up on him being hung up on Kira. Yes. Well, they, they've reversed course in this episode, obviously. They did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's, uh, it's kind of like, a, I guess... 
maybe they're addicted to the storyline and it's kind of like, you know, we're quitting. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> no, guys, I, they tell all their friends. They post on Facebook. We're starting a new diet. We're not going to do the Kirabashir stuff anymore. <laughs> right. And then you meet them and they're like, oh, <laughs> you've really let your Kirabashir shit go, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. They put so much work into it for like over half the series now. So I was like, all right, just follow. Th- Which I, I'm aghast that I'm even saying this because like in my previous watches, I was never on board for the Kira Odo shipping that much. Do you know who's not uh, either? Wasn't not a visitor. And Renee Abergenois both hated it. Huh. So why'd they do it? Because it's weird. Yeah, because yeah. it is, especially as he gets more clearly Renee Abergenois. Yeah. And is clearly an older man, you know, like mm-hmm. it looked weird. This episode, this episode looked like yeah. the more human he got, I get like women are all, some women are just old into older men and that you know yeah that's that's a thing that they're, they're usually called grad students <laughs> but <laughs> but like but like it's a thing that happens but it's not a thing anybody wants to watch happen right like, no <laughs> right except maybe the uh, dudes writing sci-fi in the 90s <laughs> well yeah that's true but like could you imagine if sex of the city if instead of mr big she ends up with like franklin jella <laughs> that's a weird thing like yeah. so that french guy wasn't young though at, at the end i know too much that she ends up in the finale he's got gray hair i thought it was the the cool guy from northern exposure versus mr big uh, sidebar sex in the city uh <laughs> the last season she goes to france with some french guy he's got gray hair but then she goes back is it vincent casal vincent casal's cool i don't remember who vincent it Cassell? is but then she goes back to mr big at the end or something i think i don't know okay that's all i know about sex in the city i dated a girl in college in the 90s i watched some sex in the city did you say they're gonna add another movie to sex in the city but pair it with china Mieville. it's gonna be sex in the city and the city <laughs> boom <laughs> boom obscure nerd joke well, okay. <laughs> if it's got sex with a woman with an ant head then I'm on board. Sex in the Perdido and the Boss Lag. Oh. New Cobrazon City. You're going deeper. You're going deeper to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah than me. like, oh, you want to... I can out-nerd you here, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I'm going to make a reference to his Dial H for Hero comic. He didn't... No, I'm not. <laughs> All right, sidebar over. Back to the Star Trek. Where are we, we at? Haven't even, they haven't even crash-landed yet. They go through an energy... Oh, yes. There's oh, that's right. Energy... Oh, uh, real quick, before we get to the crash land. It has to do with the crash land, so... But, like... <laughs> Yeah. Right before they, when when Dax is trying to talk them into, <laughs> yes. to doing the thing to begin with, and the look on O'Brien's face, yes, is and that that that's the same tone. Whenever I'm like, do we have voicemails for tonight? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I totally, I totally get where he's going. O'Brien's like, <laughs> arc in this whole episode is pretty glorious. Like it's just, I love this episode. This, this yeah. episode is delicious it's, it's, to me. He gives like a Vulcan it, eyebrow. It's Spock eyebrow raise when she's like Dex is like, well, let's come on, let's do it. And he's like, I want to fucking go home, but he yeah. <laughs> I've got doll furniture to make. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. And then there was later on when when oh you know we can get there when we get there but when when O'Brien says. Are we considering this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Great. Like yeah. the look on his face. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, like the one thing I liked about that scene is that actually for the first time in a while they've actually effectively did all of the table setting for an episode that they needed to do without a lot of hokey bullshit. <laughs> yes, that's sort of what I meant. Yes, everybody got like you know that you you set up the Dax's curiosity. 
uh, <laughs> it, overcame her ingenuity or common sense. Well, it's, it plays into the clear tropes that they've done. Whatever Dax wants to do, they just let her fucking do it, whether it's to move to Shangri-La. But yeah, but she had to like make a case yeah, right. uh, that how, how excited everybody was to get home. Right. You know, you set up O'Brien's attachment to his family because he's building. Oh, you're not wrong. A dollhouse from, yeah. yeah, with micro laid furniture is tough and it takes a long time. And, and so they set all this little shit up and it's all really fine. Uh, you know, but, but she still gets whatever she wants. She can go join with Klingon. She can move to Shangri La for a new true. boyfriend. That is true. And it sets lets her set up that Cisco lets her do whatever she wants to because of his respect for Curzon, and then that. That becomes that comes to its end later in this episode, mm-hmm. where he's like, "I'm not done fucking listening to you." <laughs> like, basically, well, yeah, like all of this stuff was kind of. Renee Shavaria did a good job of putting this episode together. Oh, okay. It wasn't his idea, but it, he put it. You know, he wrote it. So y'all are a lot more excited about this episode than uh, I, I. Yeah, I'm. Hey, I'm. I'm fine with it. I'm. I was like <laughs> fine with this episode. I'm glad y'all are standing for this episode more than I am. I mean, this was this had this had what no like what no episode in a long time has had, which is ideas. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of like, ideas. In I here. could have sit there and thought about those three like quote unquote Klingons for the rest of the month. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. I did. That poor curly haired blonde Klingon. That's a white. That's <laughs> right. clearly an O'Brien. Clearly O'Brien fucked a Klingon. Yes. Yeah. An O'Brien fucked a Klingon. I'm wondering if that Klingon has one and a half dicks. Does it have two dicks? I think both of his maybe he has two dicks, but they both have the Irish. I think that we haven't gotten to all the O'Briens yet. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Can't hold for the dicks. But we see how the spots turned out on the dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to wonder how the dicks turn out. If you if you see how 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 hit in the mist the spots are. You gotta wonder right. how they literally. Do. This yeah. is the most fertile idea for an episode they've had. Like I think this whole show. Oh well, okay. Now I, you know I'm not saying that this episode rises to the occasion of the episode, but like yeah. Yeah, they go through the barrier. Kira phases. You see it. Something weird happens with her. Mm-hmm. Then they land. They the gyromagnetic stabilizers are depolarized, and they get a signal from a planet, and it's called Gaia, and there's eight thousand inhabitants on the southern continent, and Oh shit, they're all their descendants from 200 years ago because of time shenanigans. Mm-hmm. We are your descendants. And we get to see that classic, oh, that old favorite TNG Village Square set they reuse again. Oh yeah, dust that, that thing off. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. And there's Miranda O'Brien and Yedrin Dax. You know, the guy, the, the cat who played Yedrin Dax, I thought did a really good job. He was a good Dax, I thought. Yeah, yeah, he, I liked him. He's fine. Yeah. And so you, you get the idea, this, this beautiful idea that this entire planet, except for food, they have animals. Because, like... They hunt animals, mm-hmm. so I assume, you know, that they didn't come off the Defiant. Right, right. Like, tar- like uh, Targa beasts aren't like a Klingon thing that I've heard of. That's, yeah. that's something they bring Yeah, up. so I assume that, that, you know, that there was already vegetation and animal life, but there wasn't, like, sentient human life. So all of the humans on the planet, or the humanoids on the planet, are all descendant from these the crew of 40-something 48. people that were on this Defiant m- mission, which included every main cast member, but, I mean, obviously... Quark, Quark and Quark gets in his requisite contractually obligated screen time <laughs> via being the school program. Yeah, yeah. So the entire upper brass of the 
a space station in a wartime went on a multi-week yeah. mission to the Gamma Quadrant, which is ridiculous. But whatever, right? This is yeah, you got to you got to get all the cast members here because you got to like do the work. It's Star Trek, yeah. They do. but so you you find out that like there's the Tannen bombs, and because Miranda O'Brien is in O'Brien and a Tannen bomb, and that was high, that was that was heartbreaking to me. Oh, we're we're all descended from you, Miles O'Brien, and O'Brien is like, what the fuck? But my wife ain't here. And then they're like, oh, you gave up on that bitch ten years into living here, yeah. and you started fucking that girl over there, Rita Tenenbaum, yeah, who was like a like an ensign. So he he started yeah. fucking the. He's like, it's been ten years. It's time for me to start fucking the interns. And <laughs> well, so, by ten years, she may have risen in uh, rank. Or yeah, something. Oh, I think some, just by virtue of being alive, she yeah. rose. She rose. She rose. She well, right. Something yeah. rose for O'Brien. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. And then Dax convinces Cisco that he's a Dax by bringing up uh, that dancer on Paleo Station, and that you know <laughs> that you had to know the boner code. Yeah, he yeah. had the boner code exactly. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a little girl named Molly that's clearly not. Keiko's kid. She's, yeah. she's very uh, Irish. We're all Molly's down here. Like I guess that's a, <laughs> yeah. like he kept naming kids Molly. Right, like, right. Molly's a very common name, and they look. Was that supposed to be a, like? Was that supposed to be a subtle attachment towards Irish people and how they breed? I don't know. Like Catholics. I think it, I like think the, there was the, the I, think you're bringing, I think you're just bringing your own Irish <laughs> right. baggage to the table yeah. there. They're James. the only racial group that I can really like stereotype. Like I really have prejudice. Here we so. go again with James and the Irish. <laughs> All yeah. right. At yeah. least you picked one that's not going to. Uh, <laughs> hey, you got to you got to be in the in group. Yeah, right. Call them potato uh, we eaters. Gotta, hey uh, man, we got a lot of Irish listeners, so uh, chill out. Why well, now? <laughs> I'm of Irish descent. No, I'm just saying. I, no, I'm it's solidarity. We hey, like we can talk shit about the Irish, right? Irish people. We're American. We basically are. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the one looks like Naomi Wildman from Voyager, but that. It's probably neither here nor there. Yeah, and and like you know, every preacher's wife in Tennessee. <laughs> yes, like she's got a very, she's got a very Appalachian face. Miranda yeah. O'Brien did. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The, the O'Briens they they kept their potato eater features. <laughs> I don't know what Rita Tannenbaum looked like, but <laughs> I was she assume if she was some Ashkenazi or Savartic, <laughs> but but they're all they're all O'Briens. In the cast, <laughs> right. do they ever show Rita Tannenbaum? They do not. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have liked that one scene. That just that, like <laughs> O'Brien looks at like, her. O'Brien's looking at her, and she's like bent over, and he goes, "Okay, I think I could stay." I would prefer just like <laughs> they're just looking at each other, and he's like, "No, no, 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 no." Because I mean, that'd be more in character for him, anyways. But yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, he was like, like legitimately. Like I'm making a lot of jokes, but he was like legitimately like shook, broken. Yeah, he was by yeah. that. Yeah, and so that stayed with him the whole episode. So that was. Right, right, stuff. yeah. And Kira died because they went back in time trying to leave two days later after they get there, and that's mm. where all these people came from. And Kira died from, for some reason, she was the only one that went out of phase when they went in, and it was caused a brain thing, and she died two weeks later because Bashir didn't have the tools to fix her brain because he's a shitty doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Or not. Or he didn't have the tools. He could do it on the station, but they didn't have it there, and Kira died. So stay with me here. If this was, if the first episode was all of this stuff, you get down there, you work, they got to work to get off. Uh, New Dex thinks he has a way to get them off. And it turns out, like, in, it's at the end of the episode, the, the ship ends up crash landing back on the planet and they're alone. And that's the end of the episode. And then, so the next episode is a, almost like a pastiche 
of like the aging of the civilization. Like you get Cisco and all the decisions that the crew makes at the beginning to set up the society to get back. And then you see their children. And then the next scenes are those children in adulthood and all of the decisions that they make through the years ending with Cisco and the DS nine crew coming down at the end of that episode again. Mm -hmm. So then the next episode is about them breaking the cycle of the, of the, of the loop. Uh, it would have been really, really gratifying. It would have been really gratifying. Mm. I don't know. I would have loved to see this. Yeah. At least well, see, and that's actually the thing about that. We always say about these seasons, they're 24 episodes long. You got to fill the seasons. Mm-hmm. That would have been a good way to fill the season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's some more. And then you could have cut most of those Ferengi episodes. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a very kind of modern view. And I, I'm not saying that's wrong. That it would have made an awesome season. Mm. It's almost like, or if in a modern kind of like um, 16, or, you know, they where they split it up in the half seasons. Yeah. They crash land. And at, at the end of the mid-season break is when the uh, Defiant shows back up again. And then there were a, you know, you could you could stretch it out and there'd be a whole season and even split up. And there's a lot of ways you could have done it. Yeah, I guess it sucks for syndication is the thing. Is it? The yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, instead of seeing Moogie and Wallace, Sean <laughs> and all, all of that shit, if I could see how the Klingons, how the sons of Moog preserved an ideology, even though they're genetic code was so weak. That would be an episode. Yeah. Like if you could see how do you get. The, the process, and I'm, it had to be a process, and brother sisters had to fuck to do it. I can't think of another way. <laughs> to get a trill that could take take a Dax. Well, we don't... That they had to breed to get to that. Yeah, well, we and, don't know how... Because Riker carried a trill for a while, so we don't know how much Yeah, but they've established that that's not... Well, he's clearly a trill. He's got the spot. Oh, yeah. No, they all do. But, they, but even one of the kids brings up, like, they all have a little bit of trill in them but but like and, and it and it flares up it's like you know it's a recessive or gene or whatever however the genetics works but it had someone had to get that in time because only 25 percent of actual trills can carry a dax oh I so I we i thought we learned that was bullshit oh that's right we did yeah yeah you're right but it's still you had to be a, like the idea that Riker could carry a trill they retconned oh, they, that out. you're right that was totally. a soft they gaslighted that away yeah I mean, I, they're inconsistent about a lot of it. Like, yeah. the spots in this, they're in, from what I understand in this, like the spots, sometimes it might just flare up out of nowhere. You know, like it's a trait. The one little girl says, oh, it makes me special is what my mama says or whatever. Yeah. But they all have a lot of trouble. Yeah, I don't know. So, but, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, you do an episode about the breeding. <laughs> so yeah. I'd like to make a story and make it like an episode about yeah. it. And so all of this stuff to follow these, but more importantly, more interestingly, the people that originally found it there, I mean, like it was the crew of the, of DS, of the Defiant. They didn't have a desire to stay there. Right. They had a desire to get back, so they had a goal, so they would have built their civilization around the goal of getting the fuck back in time. Yeah, that's... And so it was almost like this weird, like, that they don't even deal with. That's something this episode because, doesn't do at all. That's you, you're, No, you're because they have the preservation to survive, yeah, yeah. where it would have been interesting if some of them had a preservation to survive, because they like, because people tend to like their lives, 
and don't like not existing. Sure. But that there is this almost near religious sort of compulsion because it's been a part of the society for so many generations oh, now oh, oh, to oh, actually oh. get the fuck in 200 years from the Cisco comes back to get them the fuck off the planet yeah, 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 because yeah. that's our goal. I got what you do there. You do like a lost tribe. Yeah. Like a Black Panther with what's his name? Mumbaku's tribe up in the mountains that is split yeah. off from the rest of them. And you have like, if you had a little bit of time and then if you're doing a whole season about it, like, and when they come back, you have like what everybody else think of as the evil, you know, dark tribe that, uh, left everybody else and they come in and it's like they're the others basically to make a lost reference you know yeah there's a lot you can have it at some point where the dominion tried to colonize the planet and they fought them back mm-hmm. through ingenuity and because they were developed by at that time you know super, you know super geniuses the best of the best of the federation <laughs> so they were able to build up a concept to actually fight the dominion back and off the planet and by that time they actually fought and died like people died for this home world and fought for oh, it and that's yeah. the world that we need but i don't have any attachment to whatever the fuck happens to a space station 200 years from now like seventy thousand light years from where we are right right, right. like fuck that that's yeah. that you know i i fought and died here everybody I know, you know, like you could do all of this shit, which is super, super interesting. And then I don't know, it would have been fun. It would, yeah, yeah. This place is crawling with Bashirs, they say. Ugh. <laughs> or Bashirs, oh, yeah. is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they gotta like Bashir fucks a lot, has to come back. Yeah, and, like. <laughs> yeah. because Bashir brings it up. Of course he does, because, yeah. Yeah. Aren't we all just happy that? Bashir didn't fuck his great 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 granddaughter. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> <laughs> or in one season, Bashir's had the opportunity to fuck his great great grandma yeah. and his great 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 granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and then the other Dax, what's his name? Yedrin. Yedrin Dax, yeah. Mm-hmm. Has a plan to create a quantum duplicate, like what happened to Kira when she got there that's going to cause her to die in two weeks. And so for like the first two acts or this episode is like hey there's no real conflict we're just gonna say hi to these people and we're gonna leave and they're still gonna be here at the end Mm. the odo is existing in a bucket of mud but we talked about yeah they just take him off the board because i mean i guess it may at first it was like you're just taking him off the board to like take away complication from the romance storyline right but i see that it would have been it would have been hard to like yeah. deal with that all and all in all. The line producer was probably like, Look, we don't have enough shooting days to do the makeup for him. Not only just that, but it was just like the story wise, like it yeah, it yeah. worked better oh, yeah. if her well, only relationship was with totally. uh, venture capitalist Odo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. California swinger Odo is how I think of <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> Marin County Odo. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's like, I love you, Narice. And then Bashir like, Well, I gotta go fuck my granddaughter. Um because it's crawling with Bashir's. Yeah, he does call her hot, attractive, right? And then he says that he yeah, found out who he had all these with, and then like he's gonna go try and fuck her in real life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's a genius for you. That's uh, that's what. Yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, like clearly she's into fucking me, so I know that. <laughs> right, right. Like I got, right. I got inside knowledge. Right. Well, <laughs> clearly she's not a house, so I'm gonna try to fuck her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <That's> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so old Twerthy Odo is like, Narisa, Narisa, I love you. And she's like, what? 
And she's so like, puzzle, puzzle right there. Another opportunity for that is what if his wife, like, this is why, like, if they had more time, they could have done interesting things. That the woman that he ended up marrying and having children with is someone that he thinks is gross whoa, and repulsive. Whoa, whoa, whoa okay. And so then he's like, either I, I, I collapsed or I saw something different. Like, oh, Bashir changed. Oh, Bashir. Okay. Yeah, like, in yeah. learning about Bashir changing changes Arbashir. Yeah. You know, like, there's all kinds of stuff you could do with this. Oh, this oh, oh, if, oh if he wasn't like hubba hubba, she's kind of hot. Yeah, because he she, said I went and looked who she was and she's hot. Right, she just came on like two weeks ago. But yeah. Yeah, if, yeah, and I'm going to fuck her. And like, but what if she was like a, she's you know. She's like, her? Her? It's kind of my girlfriend. Like, what if he goes to Brighton's side? I looked her up and she's kind of like a, she's a four and I'm a, you know, I'm a nine. <laughs> you know, and then you realize that, you know, Bashir, Bashir grew. Yeah, that would be that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but no, he doesn't grow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then with uh, Swinger Odo and this Nerese is like, she's like, oh man, now I just feel like all I feel awful about talking about all the dick I got with you when I have yeah, friends. Yes, she was. <laughs> I talked about when I was talking about Robo Pope and Shakar and and. Uh, Old Odo is like, well, I can't say I enjoyed that. You know, I'm not into cucking, you know, or whatever. whatever. <laughs> that was a legitimately interesting scene. That was the one, because this is a storyline. And also, it, she looks visually bummed. Yeah. At the same time, she simultaneously bummed the fuck out and shocked. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that's what, that's a mix that you don't see very much. Yeah. In Star Trek at all, which is somebody who's bummed out and shocked at the same time. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, it is. It's very much. It's a very interesting thing. Is when like you know because there's this friend zone is explored very much in in, in works because most writers are are, are <laughs> weird friend zoned loot loners who like obsess about women that they didn't. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, who I they mean, didn't. Yeah. They didn't achieve. I, the friend zone is bullshit, anyways. But well, it's men believe it's bullshit because you know women don't owe you. Yeah, exactly. Pussy, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. I just I just want to get that out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But the, it's very much alive in the minds of these men and probably an Odo. Oh yes, yeah, totally. And so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was almost like uh, in the office at the end of season two when he tells Pam and she's like, I, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you're like, oh, well, you just got to get the fuck out of there, Jim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and Odo's like, I, you know, like how awkward it was at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. But how awkward it was for Kira in that moment. And it was, you, you really, she was bummed the fuck out. She was like, oh, fuck. Well, this is a whole thing, and it's like, even if, no matter what happens, I'm going to die or I'm going to live and have to deal with this shit. Well, like, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather die. <laughs> Which is the decision she made. I think they, I think the episode played it of, I think they, the writers anyways, were selling it as like, she was shocked and not totally repulsed by the idea. She just never considered it. I, you know, she smooches him later on. Well, yeah, but venture capitalist Odo, who is like different and has a, like a totally different personality. Yeah, maybe. Like, I, yeah, I mean, and this is where is there's a lot of there's a whole like like Harvard professor that wrote like tons of shit on this like Harvard Pierce Robert Piercig I think is his name. No, that's not his name. Because I think Robert Pierce, I guess, the Zinvernard motorcycle maintenance guy. <laughs> Not that guy. Anyway, so there's a par- Parfit, Parfit, who wrote this concept about what is a person uh-huh. and where does personhood start? And if we lived in a realm of time travel and stuff like that, like if you went back in time and raped yourself, did you commit a crime or murdered yourself? Did you commit a crime? Uh, like yeah. there's these concepts of like, is a person, is is there two Odos in this episode? Well, that's... Or is there one Odo? Right. And like that sort of stuff, it does make it interesting because Odo is kind of the villain. I mean, spoiler alert, it's kind of the villain of this episode. 
Venture right, capital right, is right, right, right. And I mean, and, that's kind of the and, whole con- concern of the whole episode. Like, if we go back and retcon that we never land here, we're basically the show kind of buys into we're killing eight thousand people. That's kind of the decision. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bring it up like. Are they dead? It doesn't bring up the philosophical question of whether it's killing them or not. Everybody kind of just buys that it's like killing these people if we don't. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, like, I also think that it's an interesting way, writer-wise, because the hardest thing for me is, I'm, I'm sorry, is just to put yourself in Kira's perspective, who is one of the more attractive Bajorans that we've seen, and, and, you know, as an attractive woman, and an attractive young you know, able-bodied power, you know, like a, like self-possessed woman. Right. So why would she want to be in a relationship with this stuffy, uh, fascistic Plato faced man? Well, and like, she's kind of, she's kind of, and that a slicker, more looks maxed Odo <laughs> gave her uh, like a visual. It helped kind of like Maybe. set yeah. like the Overton window of what she could expect from a relationship. Okay. Here's the, here's the thing about that. I'm going to answer your question. Cause I think they laid that out in this episode. The looks is, is shorthand for his ability to, to grow and change. Right, yeah. And he also, yes. she talks about him being so closed off. She had no idea that he could be this way. So mm-hmm. his swarminess is sort of a shorthand for being like open. Open, yeah. 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 Yes. And that is like, this is opening new possibilities within her to see how things like, right. she, you know, she thought she knew her friend, but in fact, she doesn't know right. the limits to which somebody could change. Yes. Right. And, and as self-actualized and powerful, you know, person she is and all, she's still kind of repressed and some, she's still kind of perdish in other way. Oh, sure. But I mean, I don't, I don't fault a woman for not wanting to fuck like, a, you know, a, 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 a Mr. Bill faced, yeah. like fascist. <laughs> sure, right. sure. I mean, I, I love Odo as a character, but like, come on. Right. And so to see him in this like David Stratham like role with like a linen suit, like a linen shirt <laughs> half opened and like like that I get why like well, I get why a woman would fuck that guy. I don't get why a woman would fuck the 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 goo puddle in like the show that we have. Well, and I'm ta- I'm going to tell you why. It's because here's the thing is that at the beginning of this episode we find out her last relationship was in, it was in ruins because of destiny the religion mm-hmm. because of like a rigid ideal idea of of uh destiny and purpose mm-hmm. and then here you have somebody you think you know who is rigid and he actually has the ability to like push himself to change yes. and that change gives him more c- control over his life and that excites you that possibility excites you f- because you of you know your recent trauma so yeah, you know, I think it's like the right place, right? Like this right, yeah. uh, time yes. timeshare swinging dick Odo <laughs> came at the right time in her life to make an impact on her. It's like filled right. it, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's all about choice, right? Well, she's and she's kind of bought into fate at the time. She goes and yeah, she's facing right. down she's, death. She's here, praying yeah. over her own grave, and she's like, well, you know, I always believed in destiny and one path, right? And she kind of commits to that at the point where she's like. She, she goes to Cisco and says, look, I have to die here because I can't fuck with fate because I was fated to die here because of, you know, the same thing that old Zedron Dax or whatever. It's because like, you know, look, I had to choose, you know, classic Star Trek fate of the many outweighs the way, you know, the needs of the few. It's like there's 8000 people here. I'm willing to let Kira die for what we've built 
because of all this work I've had to do to keep these people alive, and it means something to me now. And even Kira's like, look, I, I am, I'm with him. I need to die because it's fate that I was here, and this, I've, I've, I'm okay with that now. Mm-hmm. Then it turns out that they find out that he lied. You know, it was all he faked. That Dax lied. Yeah, Dax lied. Dax mm-hmm. faked uh, some data. The quantum fluctuations in the barrier are factored out to zero. The chances of that must be a billion to one. What are you getting at? That Yedrin faked the law. So they're all pissed at, you know, old Dax about it. They have a whole scene. Yeah, yeah. I and trusted so, you. Like, and that, you know, it's this idea that Dax lived to persevere, preserve the, the society. Right. Because that's what anybody would do. Well, yeah, yeah. Unless it was propped up by religion, which is what was it would be interesting to me, is that this kind of concept of a religion of right. working to, to, to create about a rapture by getting you know, well, Kira and Cisco off the planet. Right. Well, there's two ways I feel yeah. like that late Dax could have gone. Like, cause he admits like it was the whole reason this thing happened is because it's my fault as yeah, Dax. Yeah. Dax that, made a mistake, yeah, which yeah. is the first mistake she's made. It wasn't a mistake of the heart. Right. Right. And I love that gloriously Jadzia Dax is sort of taken off the board here because her lover is with her. Oh yeah. And so she's not like Benjamin or O'Brien where this is really this has destroyed their lives. Right, right. Because they have a family. Yeah. Like her potential family is with her, so she, her life, I mean, she's an adventurous woman, her life sort of goes on whatever. Her lover is with her, so she can start the life with the man she's going to live with anyway. Right, yeah, yeah. Like on this planet where it's O'Brien is his family is destroyed right right so it doesn't have the same sort of weird cosmological pathos about it and so but that also feeds into the guilt is that right she made the mistake and she didn't suffer like the right. others around her did so like so. The, she could have chose to like whatever it takes to reverse my mistake yes but then after a while just live in there for 200 years like no like it was all about survival i did everything to just protect this society and now i'm committed to it Mm -hmm. and they're they really have done a lot of work to build a society of eight thousand people out of 48 initial people fucking their relatives you know Uh, yeah i mean like that that kind of shit builds character that kind of shit that's where civilizations are formed right that's where bonds of you know like that's where that's society that they made there yeah and super interesting i mean god this is so interesting yeah and it speaks to wharf too is like building this klingon because then oh yeah there's all the sons of moog and they all look like something between half klingons and like tos klingons yeah <laughs> yeah o'brien with some funny fun- <laughs> yeah. just a woman just a woman that was just into it this little kid who's like these are the fuckers i want to be when i grow up <laughs> right. and they're they're like, like well if you get old enough you can take the <laughs> the challenge if you're not a shitty adult then we'll take you yeah, right you just <laughs> gotta pass the test kill a targ beast or something and i love that like something about that you know i'm hopelessly obsessed with warp like like the way he played that, that there was just something just very rewarding about seeing these people right and not just that his name and the sons of the house of moog and all of that stuff lived on well, but just that the spirit lived on well but here's him. the He's thing legend. They, this is what i thought about that at one point they crash land there's 48 of them and they're trying to eke out an existence and at one point Worf has said look y'all farming's for suckers <laughs> fuck, <Yeah. laughs> fuck y'all you're farming exactly i'm yeah. gonna go out in the woods 
and just live a warrior's life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We've never plowed the fields or milked chattel. We're warriors. Yeah. Right. We do not sow. Yeah, right. Like, and I, But I guess that are all of his direct descendants with Jadzia? They don't really go into that. Um, I mean, his direct ones, I'm sure, but then those people fuck yeah. other people. And like, like the trail spots, they show up in different Yeah, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene with them where they come and... Yeah. You know, he wants to hang out with them and have their feast. They want to give him a feast, you know, to honor their ancestors. Because their ancestor worship and they're going to meet their ancestors. Right, right. They're Klingons. And then, and then the the end when all of the jig is up and the numbers are wrong. And the, <laughs> the right. feast is the off. Uh, we came to tell you there is no feast. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, yes. Yeah. But I have something I'd like to say, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they tell the story about how they wish the boar would have killed them because at least they would have went to Stovacor. Oh, like, yeah. Right. I wish that Torg beast. Yeah, because because there's a scene where Kira's like, I gotta die, and and then Worf is like, Well, I I don't mind because I've got these people here, and mm-hmm. and everybody's like, Well, I don't. And then O'Brien is like, Fuck that noise! What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen Z and Worf had it the easiest. Yeah, yeah. Most yeah. And Kira gets to be a martyr, so she's always, you know, yeah, as yeah. All, as being a religious woman, she's always got that bent towards sacrificial martyrdom. Right. And so, like, their relationships make sense. Bashir doesn't give a fuck. I mean, he he wants to fuck hot ladies, and the league gets the hot, he gets to fuck hot ladies here, right? But O'Brien and and Cisco's really got the like the shit, yeah. Or like O'Brien is just like Cisco, you're what the fuck? You're not gonna let this fly, and then Cisco's <laughs> we're like, we're not consider this, are you? And it's just, like, nope, we're not. No, <laughs> yeah. no, we're not. Yeah. Like, and then so all the sons of Moog are like, all right. We're all cucked now. Will you kill us, Worf? Well, can we get can we get to the point where they're all like helping with the farming and the sons of Moog like show up and and, and Worf goes right. That Worf was goes. We you have faced you have, that, you, you have that exact line, Wade. Do you have that written down? Yeah, he said you can face that enemy. These the, people, people are, you can help these face their enemies. Their enemy is time. time. There is, and then all of a sudden, it opens up a new line of thinking for the sons of Moog. Oh well, enemies could be abstract ideas. Oh yeah, shit! I, I guess we could have. Uh. It's like it went, if it, if it wasn't my ancestor ideal that I worship telling me this, right. I'd probably call bullshit on yeah, this I line of shit. Yeah, I said, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> from then on, they're like, yeah, I've got an enemy. It's called Swamp Ass, so I'm going to defeat it by sitting in the air conditioning. I think, yeah, right. <laughs> I think I feel like a lot cushier existence yeah. from there on. A lot of their logic is weird, like, we don't want to die like farm animals, so if you could just slit our throats like pigs to the slaughter, that would make us happy. Oh, that's my favorite part. And Worf's like, yeah, I'll do that for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I'll you. do that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll come back. Yeah, because yeah, he knew, you know, we know we've seen him go through this before, so he knows he's going to pussy out on it. So, like, <laughs> he was basically just saying that, like, I need, like, two more hours to think about this before I stab you in your heart. <laughs> exactly, yeah, I'll go yeah. see you tomorrow. Like, let me think of some shit. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love all of this. Yes. Um, yeah. So they have to plant some bullshit because they plant all on one day. Cause, oh, right. That's cause it's like whatever. It's a big holiday for them. It's a planning day. And yeah. That was another thing that I felt was a lack of creativity. There's some things where I thought like the idea was bigger, bigger it than they can get their Some of it started to like bow under its own weight at the end yeah. there. A, li- a little bit. I agree. I agree. And like this idea that they're essentially like have the the ideation of a peasant culture but there wouldn't be because they don't like 
Like it's the it's the crew of the Defiant. They come from like space age like fucking spaceships. So like they take that concept with them. And so like they would I don't know whatever the Starfleet equivalent of Six Sigma training or whatever all of that shit would have went into this. So they wouldn't have had this sort of peasant culture of like oh, you know planting day is the biggest I, day. I mean, you know they I don't and I think that that's just I think that that's uncreative writing because they go back to what does pioneer civilization I guess what is the mindset of pioneer civilizations? Let's just let's just give them that. Well, I mean, I saw it as like, what else are we supposed to do? Expect like sit here with our thumbs? They would plant our agriculture like Starfleet officers would. Well, I there would be flowcharts and flow shit and all of this kind of shit and technology involved. I don't know. I mean, at the end where the little kids like we're gonna still go plant stuff, and it, it felt to me like maybe because it's Star Trek is like, yes, let us go await the comet <laughs> for Hellbound or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's what I like. I just I feel like that that that's fine. And maybe I'm not even arguing. Maybe society wouldn't just revert back to these agricultural society tropes or civilization tropes, but like. It wouldn't it be interesting if these guys didn't because it's like it's the descendants of Bashir, right. like an augmented human being and Cisco and like, you know, the best of the best of the best. Right. Well, my question is, like, what are they supposed to be doing instead of planning? Because they're like, well, this is our life. No, I'm not I'm not arguing that the planning, but this idea that they have this like the fact that there's a planning day at all, that they have the same like lifestyle as people that li- what, like from the Euphrates River 300,000 years ago. Sure. That sure. they have the same rituals as that is a little bit silly to me. I guess, yeah. Because they come from space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they come from the future of space. Right, 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 right. But I mean, I don't know what kind of plan, uh, whatever. It's, yeah. I would have tried to make contrast between them. And a certain, yeah. I, I think that uh, probably the best way to look at it is don't look at like basic agricultural societies, but look at something like Israel. You know, where they come into like a desert country with like a bunch. By two hundred years, they would move past an agricultural society, basically. This making rituals out of planting day and stuff like that. It would have still been a technological society, right? With a lot of like systematic thinking and a lot yeah. of systems in place, and right. Well, I mean, you know, four shift. You know, like think how hard Kira Kira went over to get that third shift rotation, right? Right. And that was wasted to the ether. Right. Like, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. how it plays in the story is just they're not going to disrupt what they're doing just to wait to die. They're going to do what they do anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not even arguing that it's... I, I'm just arguing it's not the most creative decision they could have made oh, yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah, if, they, if they'd moved past. But mm. I think they got kind of... This is going to stick in my craw like yesterday's Enterprise 6 and Tar- Quentin Tarantino's craw. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to have... The, I'm going to... Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, like, piddle with yeah, this. Yeah, I think sometimes Star Trek, especially in these Quain episodes, well, sorry, will idealize certain things, and they idealize the farming in this one. Yes. You know, it's like Picard at his vineyard or something. Like, sometimes they get kind of Luddite about the things that they like to do as humans, to do the hard way. Because they yeah. tap out of creativity, because after the concept... That's all, right. like, they get the creativity, all the creativity goes into the concept, not the yeah, yeah. execution or the unraveling. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But anyway, so they all, you know, join, even the Klingons throw away their ideals to fight against time, mm-hmm. <laughs> to help get the plan in, help, even, it's this futile thing, because they, even though they think they're going to stop existing, they still want to finish the harvest for the day. Something honorable with honor somehow. So modicum of honor, I think that they were just that. Yeah. That's like, yeah, yeah. Miles finally loosens up, and the Molly girl 
tells him about this plant's going to be as high as him and my mama's going to make gum bread out of it. And then he's like, fuck. I gave it a name, basically. Like, oh, now I'm attached. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Uh, and so, so O'Brien, like, capitulates like a pussy. We, we should fast know. forward real quickly to, like, the reveal and the fallout from that. Because I feel like we're going to... Yeah, so this is basically the end. Yeah. So then they they go off. They're flying out. And then last second... <laughs> because they feel that they know that they're going to their fate. So they're just going to... They've all now accepted to it, yeah. that they're yeah. going to do the, the loop. They're going right. to concede to the loop and do the loop. Yeah. And then they all go to it. And then something happens happens the defiant misses the anomaly and they the whole eight thousand people just disappear Mm -hmm. and i did like that they didn't try to pull shenanigans where they still exist anything it makes the hard choice it wipes out these eight thousand people Hmm. yeah because then it would have been like a whole planet of tom rikers essentially yeah exactly and (laughs) you could go back and revisit them later yeah yeah, exactly like of course they do but you know it feels like a pat solution that a Star Trek could have made exactly but go for them. Mm-hmm. This is a hard one, just like the other time travel TOS episode where they killed Joan Collins. Right. Oh yeah. And they're all shook too because they're like, we were consigned to this, and then Jad's- Oh my god, do I like this episode on the same level? Whoa, shit. I think you do. I think it sounds like I think I, I even tied it in with the I must I have no children but I must have. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's the Harlan Edelson reference. Okay. And yeah, they sent letters to themselves that <laughs> probably if Molly or Keiko gets those letters they sent out on that class four probe oh, before they get fucked. back to the station, he's gonna be in the doghouse. He's gotta go home and erase <laughs> his voicemails before Keiko comes home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So at some point does Bashir let it slip that about Rose Tannenbaum or whatever the fuck? Like reaching like Margot <laughs> yeah. Tannenbaum, that that he fucked Margot Tannenbaum like in, the, in an alternate past, yeah. and that Keiko O'Brien hates her like inexplicably for like that would be great, yeah. <laughs> and then so they think that Zedrin Dax did it, and mm-hmm. I almost wish that they just left it unsaid. Who? No, it. no, 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 no. The blowback. This is a huge. I, the blowback from having this. But there's all this, there's also parts that I like when they reveal because yes, yeah, we all know. Even before they say it, it was like, it's obviously that it was Yeah, oh, we all know. But I liked, mm-hmm. I, if yeah. they had left it that the crew thought it was, they didn't know who it was, that would have been nice. There's a reason why they changed That That was the original script, and I received Bear changed it. But let's talk about this. So why why do you feel it's as essential, Hugh? To make it to Odo. make it Odo, because you gotta like know how fucking the link. Well, one, it's fucking crazy, <laughs> and to see her act like it's fucking crazy, like right, yeah, like she just smooched old Odo, mm-hmm. who's and then now you realize the guy you just smooched is willing to smoke eight thousand people for his crazy love for you. Yeah, that's, that's what I. That's that's what I loved about and it. And not only that, but but now he's gonna sulk around you like a sick puppy for the next two weeks, yeah. and like I you gotta like that didn't bother me as much, but. Like, you know, I would have liked if they left it vague because we would have known it was Odo anyways. But I did love. Uh, here's the how- deal. Here's the deal. You have to justify why she doesn't like why did she doesn't start dating Odo. Oh, that's that's what you I have to give her a reason. I But that's what I liked about it, because it's that kind of classic Peter Allen Fields ambiguity, though. Is he's nowhere on this episode because she felt like she she's not repulsed by Odo. But when she realizes like what kind of monster he can be. I don't know. Just like her kind of her fear of how much he, yeah. the lengths he's willing to go. That's to. what I'm saying. The, the, the disgust, the disgust stays. So that's why I received a bear wanted to put it in there is because you can't have Sam 
and Diane fucking, especially when no one really wants Sam to fuck Diane. Right. Like, it's, you know, it's, no one was on, like, only the writer's room was into Odo and Kira, it seems. Right. Like, nobody that I know that went through the initial watch wanted it. The actors didn't want it. No one really wanted this. Right. But you went all in. Like, it's all out there on the table. And it, the only two ways you could have rent the, with this is that the future Odo, the timeshare Odo, did something so disgusting that she doesn't want to fuck uh, Mr. Bill-faced Odo. Or uh, you have Odo come in and saying, I've, you know, I've taken a transfer to the Stanford branch. Like, other than that, it's the only two ways you can kind of do that. Right. See, I don't think she's even totally repulsed by him, but I think she's horrified by what he's capable of. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because we, we still know that after this episode, clearly they're still going to end up together. Yeah, yeah. But you have, to, you have to have a reason why it doesn't happen next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they both kind of realize it, you know, and he's like, look, oh, this is crazy. Like, I, we both need some time. He says that. Yeah. I think we both need some time. <laughs> you should have just went in there and I know you know, but... uh I have a new girlfriend. She lives in <laughs> right. Space Canada. <laughs> and like <laughs> and I'm not really interested. You know, my my alternate came in and I kind of uh fucked myself. <laughs> he linked with me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he had a link. <sighs> yeah, she came in and said, like, you know, your your older self told me how much you you're crushing him and he goes, What? <laughs> No, he's yeah. crazy. Like, if he had just done that or something. But it was a really, like, it's a really awkward scene. Yeah, no, I liked I liked that part of it. But it, part of me was like, it would have been cool if we, because even if they didn't have the big scene where it was revealed, we all know it would have been Odo. Mm-hmm. They could have done, like, we know, but the people don't know. Or they could have even said, we know, but I don't know. I'm, it's, I'm nitpicking here. I'm just... Yeah, no, they really... I mean, like, Iris Stephen Bear made him change it. Yeah. Yeah, like, they had to, like... Because he didn't like that. Yeah, he doesn't like... Yeah. You so know, yeah. He doesn't like that not being clear. Yeah, and also, I mean, it was Iris Stephen Bear trying to make it darker. It's another way that... Right, right. You know, in a very real sense, Odo kills 8,000 people. Or he has that within him to do that under certain situations. Well, that's the thing. I don't think it would be necessarily even not as dark. It'd be almost darker if they are left not knowing, but the audience knows. You know, again, this is all nitpicking. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think that you get dark, and you have to you get to explain why she's not dating Odo. Yeah. Because yeah. here's the thing: like, you either got to have her say, "I don't like him like that." Yeah. Come on, I'm a I'm a young, feral, attractive lady. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a man who was mo- but the oldest person in the cast of Benson 20 years right. ago. Like so, like you have to like go that route. You could have her know what happened without being told. You could have a scene where she was like, no, I know Dax didn't do this. And she's like, you give her a scene where they're talking about it, but not talking about it with Odo. It could have been like, she's kind of haunted by it, but they don't want to talk about it. But would it have been more without a haunted Jadzia Dax? Mm, that the yeah. Dax That's what I'm saying. Jadzia doesn't know. She thinks, oh, I think I did it. But then Kira knows that Odo did it. And Odo knows that Odo did it, but nobody's talking about it. And it's hanging over everybody, but they have to have a scene. Because Irish Stephen Bear needs it mm. to be explicit, and he needs. I think at this point, and I—I I mean, I don't fault. He's not said this in what I'm looking at here, but I—if I was in his shoes, I would start writing Odo as morally ambiguous, yeah, just to make the call 
you know, like you don't want him to be Luke Skywalker when Vader tells him, like, I'm your father, that he doesn't really have any reason to want to go with him other than this bullshit. Right. Where you want him to have, like, is it in his character to be as he, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to know in, like, season seven, like, do we really trust Odo? Right, right. You know, these kind of conversations need to be a part of the show just to add intrigue. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the smart way. Yeah, I guess that's, I mean, I think they did it the smart way to do it. Yeah, I don't think it's bad what they did. But, you know, if we're doing, we're doing a lot of, what they could have changed on this episode. This episode's been full of what we would have done differently, even though we all agree we like this episode, but, like, there's so much... Yeah, no, yeah. I just think they had soil that could have, you know, grown wheat for a thousand people, and they, they planted a tomato plant. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love a tomato plant, like, but, like, you could have done a lot there's of... so many different ways you could have gotten got yeah, a lot yeah. of calories out of the soil, yeah. yeah. And, mm. and things that... It would have been done differently if it were like a modern TV thing. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and it's just, just, you can immediately write a three episode arc, mm-hmm. but you could write a seven yeah, episode yeah, arc yeah. or something like that. That would have been really powerful. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways to blow it up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We've gone long on this one. So, all right, real quick, guys, where would you put this on your rewatch meter? I'd put it at a seven. I thoroughly enjoyed the fuck out of this episode. This is, a, I mean, this is for for it to be a, only a minimal wharf episode. This is highly watchable to me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think a nine. Wow. I, 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 I would put I, it at a seven too. I think because I would forget. I think it's its greatness is forgettable. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would. I don't think. I yeah. don't think I would remember <laughs> it was great. And then I'd watch it and I'd be like, <laughs> I love. I love how you add you add your own variant to it. Your very variable. You're like, I know me. I'm yes. not gonna remember. I'm not gonna remember how great this episode is. It's a TNG. It's a, it's just the classic Star Trek trope episode, right? Yeah. 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 And then I would be, oh yeah, in the context of the larger thing, they moved it down. Interesting, you know. So yes, this is a seven for me, mm-hmm. nine for James, and a seven for Wade. Is that correct, Wade? Yeah, that's about right. All right, now where do you guys want to? Where do you Oof. what do you think the good people of IMDb think of this episode? Oh, oh, uh, this is uh, tricky. Seven point eight. I think that's a fine point. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna chip it down a little bit. Seven point three. This has got eight hundred and eighty six votes, which that's is pretty high for this. Yes, it's seven point nine. Yeah, there are. Oh, is right. it, it's okay, a, it's yeah. a little bit of a controversial episode because we've got a lot of votes and still not that. I mean, yeah. People are showing up to vote it down, too. Right, like yes. People, people are showing up yes. to vote. And a lot of people, the common complaint is the gross race stuff on the IMDb. Yeah. It's a weird thing to think. And, and I mean, I'm just, if you have a civilization of... Well, I think I think the math on it is might not be up to snuff where you, if you have 48 people survive. Yeah, that, that was can, a math right. I wanted to work on. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and... No, <laughs> I, I, I think it would be more than 8,000, but brothers and sisters would be... Well... Let's well, not let's not I say mean, they would. 48 like, enough to where you don't have they to. They would. They, they'd, there'd be a lot of cousins no. for, They'd be I mean, everybody that or everybody would everybody would just look a vague form of beige with like a wrinkle on their that's nose. That's what the that's what the 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 thrust of this this top co- thing is is that you have too much diversity in the actors. <laughs> is that every everybody the, would yeah. you know mm-hmm. look the same? Yeah, because the pool's too shallow. Man. And so that's what I was thinking is to have these. 
you know, you think about a dog, like dogs, like to get like <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's good to <laughs> get that's good to like. Well, let's start right. talking about. No, like I mean, let's start comparing. Oh, wait, I, well, we were doing so. We well. were almost done. We forced evolution. If you think about dogs, and you drop forty-seven dogs, but you only have one German Shepherd, how much do you have to like sister fuck to get a German well, Shepherd? Well, we don't know. We don't know now. if there's there might be other Klingons on that sh- on there. Mm, uh, Worf's the only that, Klingon. Right? But we don't know how dominant Klingon traits are. I think some of those are running around with one and a half dicks, but that's just me. <laughs> right. All right, so yeah, yeah I think so. kill me, Wolf. Don't make us wait for the end like farm animals waiting for slaughter. I will come to you tomorrow and do what you ask. <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop for today. We ran along again. Uh, Wade, do you want to give us all of our uh, bye-bye info? Yeah, so clearly we're not doing voicemails on this episode, but give us your voicemails anyway, and we will find a way to use them, uh, I promise. Uh, you can call us and do that at 917-408-3898 or shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com and... You know, uh, if you want to help out the show, like the best thing you can do is tell your friends to, you know, that how great it is and it's your favorite podcast and everybody should listen to it. Or yeah. But, uh, you know, the other, if you want to support us financially, if you don't have any friends to do that, <laughs> I understand, man. I'm, yeah. If you want to pay for this friendship simulator. Yes, you can do that as well. Uh, and check us at our Patreon at patreon.com slash kickers of elves where we have a lot of bonus audio from whatever else we're talking out in the week. And, you know, we've got our Dune mini podcast series, Much of Dune About Nothing. We got a lot of stuff about a lot of other stuff, Marvel movies, Disney, Star Wars, etc. Check it out. All right. Disney princesses. <laughs> yes. Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, my Little Ponies. My Little Ponies. That's what's it called. Uh, yeah. Cal Arts. Is it a thing or is it not a thing? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We have none of most, most none of those things. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Rules of Acquisition. We hope you join us again next week as we go through another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, three to beam out. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes. Are women chaos? Uh, aren't aren't white men just as pre- aren't white men just as prejudiced against as other people? Uh, yeah, yeah, none of that. You will find. <laughs> All right, bye.